You're listening to this week's episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And today on Opera for Everyone, we are listening to Lachme by Leo Delib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a name probably everyone knows, I think. No, I didn't. I had never heard of him, but I had heard the flower duet, and that was... Uh, the song that I brought to your attention and we decided to do uh, Lock May. Yeah, in fact, if anyone is motivated to Google Leo Delib, you will find Flower Duet pops up everywhere. It's certainly his most enduring um, piece of music. Um, it's, I mean, at least that's what Google tells us. And, and it's massively popular. That actually will show up. I'm happy to say you don't have to wait till the very end of the program. That's that's early in Act One when we get to hear the very, very famous piece. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and, and it gets used in lots of different places in film. And, um, in fact, British Airways used it for... Yeah, I read that, <laughs> but that was how it suddenly popped onto the scene and became so popular. Well, it's it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. Yeah, so, well, we're just listening to our, our overture here, and... Um, then we're going to kick off the story in Act One. And I think I need to say that uh, I'm relying heavily on Pat's expertise this week since it's been a busy week for me. And she has graciously done so much research to be able to bring her amazing historical expertise to the listeners, the many, many listeners of Opera <laughs> for Everyone. <laughs> all of our fans. <laughs> all, of, all of our 16 fans that are, we're related to. Well, spread the word, because it is fun. <laughs> and and it is our goal to make opera something everyone can enjoy. Because everyone loves opera, right, Pat? That is our mission. That's our mission. Not yet, perhaps, well, but everyone should learn and appreciate a little bit more it. every week. Yes, we're working on it. We're working on it. Well... So, um, I'm not sure you can tell from this music, but do you know where this opera is set? Lakme? Well, I think it's set in India. You're correct. But you can't necessarily tell that from the music, can Mm-mm. you? No. You... Well, and the libretto's French, correct? That's right. Well, because the composer... Is French. Is French, and it premiered in Paris at the Opera Comique. Um, Which doesn't necessarily mean it's funny. No, what that means, do you remember? It means that it's um, not serious? No. It means that it has um, parts that are sung. And parts that are danced. A dance can be thrown in, but it means there are parts that are sung, operatic style, and uh, parts that have the spoken. Oh, and what's the what's the other one called? Opera comique and opera... A lyric? A lyric opera, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to run past my knowledge but you know this is all about have making everyone have fun with opera and we're this also is community learning radio 
this is, this is an education and process for all of us, <laughs> but it's fun. It is fun. And there's such beautiful music, such beautiful music. And, um, well, shall I set the scene with... Please, please oh, do. All right. Well, we, we, oh, there we hear them singing just a bit. Um, we have, uh, the, uh, a scene of, uh, a sacred location of reverence and we have the, the various Hindus coming in. And our, our title character, Lakme, is the daughter of Nilakantha, who is the, um, the most senior uh, religious figure among these. And so the, they are singing about um, their practices. They, it's, it's a sign of, um, or it's a, it's a scene of, of seriousness, devotion. Um, you know, at the appointed hour, we do various levels of various kinds of worship and we give homage to our priests or excuse me to our gods um and and it's just setting the scene right there and let's pull up track three which is um Lakme singing about Dorga actually we'll talk over this one and we'll we'll get to her but Dorga are you familiar with that Hindu deity is it I knew that it was a deity I don't know much about him uh her uh, her <laughs> clearly she is um often called a, a warrior goddess but she is one of the aspects of parvati shiva's wife ah okay yeah so we'll we'll, do, we'll talk a little bit more about the the hindu deities but um um for for those i mean hindu hinduism is is a rich and complex religion and the many many gods many and many goddesses. gods and 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 over time and given location, the varieties of how those gods are, um, how those gods are worshipped, it, it, it just changes and it's different and with different emphasis on different gods in different regions over different times. Um, so, you know, the sort of the, the quick sketch for Westerners of, of, you know, for those people unfamiliar with Hinduism is that you have that the three main components. Shiva, Krishna. No. Um, Krishna is an incarnation of one. Um, Brahma, Brahma, you know the creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vishnu, mm-hmm. the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer. Brahma, Shiva, and Vishnu. Vishnu, and they are all aspects of the one great universal reality. But they but they become um, most of them anthropomorphic. In you know, although they may have extra limbs and. And certain attributes of other creatures, but um, Dorga, who who is mentioned repeatedly here, is um, is the warrior warrior slash protector um, uh, for people who worship Dorga. Mm. So we're getting a little sense of their of their religion here, and let's um, well, let's pull this up. This is Lakme singing to Dorga. On 89.1 KHOL.
Well, that's the scene in this worshipful site. And uh, Nilakantha is, has departed, and um, Lakme is left with her, her dear friend, Malika. Oh, right. Yes. Because there are, are they, um, is that like a, a servant companion companion relationship is one? That's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. So this is actually, we, we told you it was coming and coming up soon. And here it is. This is actually a song known as the flower duet. It's so pretty. It is. It is lovely. It's, it's two sopranos singing together and, um, and it's, it's just it's just transporting. Um, I'll read a little of the uh, of the libretto for this particular song. Under the thick dome where the white jasmine with roses entwined together on the riverbank covered with flowers, laughing in the morning, let us descend together. Gently floating on its charming risings, on the river's current, on the shining waves, one hand reaches, reaches for the bark where the sleep, where the spring sleeps and the bird the bird sings. So, you know. It's so pretty. It's just pretty. It's just <gasps> pretty. These two women in the temple and they're, they're, um, they're just their enjoying and, and honoring the and it's, nature. And, and as far as the opera is concerned, it's just setting the scene. Mm-hmm. It's just letting um, us know Who what kind are. of world we're in. And it's, it's, it's giving, a, it's just a lushness. And most productions that I've seen pictures of, of this, um, you know, as when you see a fancy scene of of Indian life mm-hmm. um, dressed up mm-hmm. in in some fashion, it's lush colors. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, it's almost overwhelming. It's yes, like, it's like it's so it's heady. Yes, there's a yes. lot going on. This scent, like I just even when you just said jasmine, like I remember being in India, the scent of jasmine is intoxicating. So they're trying to convey that. Visually, if you see the opera and vocally of this just just sensuous um, feeling, I mean, it's not it's not sensuous in any sort in a of, romantic sense. No, but just in a filling being the senses. human and and yes. having an an experience of being human in this place. That's just uh, yeah. So here we are setting the scene. Here we are, and shall we listen to and sh- and the, the title? I'm going to try is oh, oh, v- go for it. Via Malika. Dom Epais, which is, come on, let's go check out this cool thing, Malika. (laughs) Better known as the flower duet.
Well, that was the flower duet. I would almost say let's listen to it again. (laughs) Not right now. Not right now. we got to see if we can get through some more of this story. But it was beautiful. Flower duet is all over the place. It's it's just a lovely way to show off two beautiful soprano voices. Well, and I think the beautiful thing about that is a lot of times I have a problem with sopranos sometimes. It gets that like really high shrieky, like we listen to Turandot. And you, you've mentioned this before. And I can't, like, God, sometimes when you get those sopranos, it's just like, oh, it makes my teeth hurt. Well, this one didn't. Not this one. <laughs> Not this one. It was so lovely. This one was, was beautiful. It was beautiful. And to, at, right at the end there, as you, as you hear it sort of fading away, it's because the, the two women have gotten in a boat, in a beautiful boat, and they've just slowly paddled away, leaving this uh, temple site empty. Mm-hmm. And then we get to meet some new characters. New characters. New characters. And we have a little, a, a ba- <laughs> dare I say, a gaggle of, of English people. Um, we have uh, two officers, Gerald and Frederick. And um, they're... Lovelies. They're lovelies. <laughs> Ellen and Rose. And we have Mrs. Benson, the governess. It, oh, there's always a governess, isn't there, Mrs. Benson? Mrs. Benson. Um, and she's the one who's, you know, just trying to deal with it all. And they're all terribly English. Terribly. T- now, you might wonder, because we've already established that the um, the author was French. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, set in India. And it's set in India. Well, but the setting in India is also part of what lets them put the English people, because this is... During the Raj. During the Raj. Darling. <laughs> you know, when gin and tonics, J&Ts were invented, my dear. Mm. <laughs> Well, <laughs> there they are. And um, and did we mention when this opera premiered? It was 1883. So, you know, it's it's right in the midst of all that. Mm-hmm. When was the Raj in uh, Britain? What were the so dates? I, oh, you're going to... Am I putting you on the spot? Quiz me. Dun, 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 dun. I, do, I do know that in 1876 is when uh, Queen Victoria was named the Empress of India. Oh. And and then then it's Tilda Freeing, you know, in uh, in the forties, early forties. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, I mean, and that's another bit of history right there um, about the the struggles for mm-hmm. India to be to to shake off the rulership of the English. But at any rate, at this point, we are we are very much there, and there are English there, and the soldiers need to be there as well. But one of the tensions in this opera uh, that will appear hasn't yet, because we're only just now going to meet the English characters, one of the tensions that appears is how people like Nilakantha, mm-hmm. this leader among the Indians, how um, how he views the English and how he interacts with the English. Um, and it kind of is like what you might expect. He's a little bit. Not, not, not great. Not a, happy, not a happy situation because the British are very much... Um, Assured, uh, self-assured about their own superiority, mm-hmm. uh, which is, needless to say, insulting to the Indians. However, we get back to Rose and Frederick and Ellen and Gerald and Mrs. Benson. And um, and they, they just kind of come up and like, oh, my goodness, where are we? Where are we? We're, oh, it's a temple. Look at this. How interesting. Um, and they, they see it as, as a curiosity, kind of a cool place to visit. Um, and they like, well, we should kind of be careful because this seems like a sacred place. And they're like, oh, let's just go check it out. Let's go check it out. 
and and Mrs. Benson is she's like, I'm your governess. You need to listen to me. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. And of course, they all climb in and Mrs. Benson grudgingly has to follow them. <laughs> I already really like Mrs. Benson. Oh, Mrs. Benson. She, I think, would just like to be home with a cup of tea. <laughs> right. So the 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 um, the French title is Miss Rose, Miss Ellen, Respecter les Clôtures, which is yes. like respect the fences or respect the closures. Like, stay out of there. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't. Um, they don't listen. They don't listen. Although Frederick, an interesting fellow, um, he he is his like. Don't make fun of this place. It's a it's dangerous to do that. This is a, we need to have a little more respect. Mrs. Benson's like, let's just let's not do this. Let's let's be careful. <laughs> um, but um, Gerald is is just sort of soaking it all up and and looking around. And Ellen and Rose are just you know sort of giddily having fun. Um, you know, oh, it's so pretty, so many flowers, how sweet, um, a lovely river, oh, how lovely, how lovely. Um, but then Frederick, interestingly, at some of the flowers says, um, don't trust the beauty of those flowers, for those flowers, although they are lovely and dazzlingly fair, those have poison in them. So Frederick's a little more knowledgeable about the locale. Hmm. What kind of, I wonder what kind of flowers they were. Because um, jasmine isn't. Poisonous. No, it's not the jasmine, and it does tell us later. I just can't recall off the top of my head. Um, and Miss Benson's like, "This is a land of terror." She's she just so wants to be gone. <laughs> Poor Miss like, Benson. She just wants to be back in London. Um, and and they're just they're having you know the the, the young folk are having a having a real good time, um, but. Um, Ellen says uh, to um, Ellen, who is engaged to, by the way, he, she's engaged to Gerald, um, the one who's been sort of thoughtful, not thoughtful about it all. Frederick is being a lot more sensitive and thoughtful. Um, Frederick is um, is engaged to Ellen. And um, no, sorry, wait, sorry. Gerald, Gerald's in, engaged. To You're right. So. Gerald's and Frederick is still cautioning Ellen uh, with all of that. Um, she's she, he cautions her about Gerald and said he loves danger so much and he mixes poetry with it. He's a dreamer seeking the impossible, a rash enthusiast of what he knows not. He can get lost with Cupid. So Frederick is kind of foreshadowing the problems that are going to transpire here in the opera. Frederick is telling Ellen, you know, he's just a dreamer. He, he can get carried away. Mm. By the way, and they're engaged. They're engaged, Ellen and Gerald. Ellen and Gerald are engaged. Exactly. Are Frederick and Miss Rose engaged? Unclear. I don't think so, but it's I'm not sure. I don't believe so. <clears throat> but they're date they're sweeties. They're they're just all hanging out together. Mm -hmm. Um with Mrs. Benson. With Mrs. Benson, because she's the governess for the ladies, or at all least right. she, you know, claims that she has authority, but nobody ever seems to mind her much. Mm. <laughs> but um but uh Frederick knows a little bit more about this place, and um, and he even lets them know, oh, the daughter of the, the guy in charge is um, named Lakme, and she's just beautiful. And to go back to the um, the Hindu or the Indian, Lakme is a Anglicization or maybe a Francophonization of Lakshmi. Lakshmi is like a very common Indian name. Well, he's he's trying to 
give the authenticity or as much as he wants. I mean, honestly, everything I've read, um, Dalib was not all that interested in in doing what what they would call an exotic opera. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, about twenty years earlier is when uh, Bizet's Pearl Fishers had come out, mm. um, and and there was sort of this appetite among the uh, among the opera going public in Europe for more exotic locales. It does let you do those gorgeous costumes and the beautiful sets and yeah. Well, and that's how we chose Lachmay in part was because we did Turandot and that was set in Asia and to look at kind of how people dealt with that idea of right. the exotic right in sort of 1880 this is, this is 83 when this is first performed yeah. 1883 and they didn't have instagram they didn't have instagram but um well Dalib uses two sources he has the um a, a, a book just published in 1880 just so just a couple of years prior um, written by Pierre Loti, and um, it's it's actually about a French officer uh, falling in love with a Tahitian girl and how ooh Tahiti yeah so there that's exotic but um, as a piece of writing it's called uh, Le Mariage de Loti um, as a piece of writing it's a little more willing to be critical of the French as colonizers oh. um, so that was kind of interesting but. But Dalib did not really want to go there. Mm. And the people putting productions on at the um, Opera Comique in Paris don't want political trouble. Right. So they were just looking at it so as So you an know what you do, location. of course. You take that concept, and you can't be critical of the French as colonizers, but you can, if you're French, oh. be critical of the English as colonizers. Right. <laughs> and so there was another, there was another work of um, uh, another story uh, written right around the middle of the 19th century about a Brahmin priest who takes revenge on an Englishman because the English have humiliated him and his people. So he kind of grabs from that as well. That's by um, a fellow called uh, Theodore Pavi. Mm. Um, so is Nilakantha a Brahmin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yes. that and it, do we do we want to talk at all about the caste system in India, which still exists? Yeah, well, today we, we 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 need to. Although I mean, today it's it gets complicated because it it doesn't technically exist, but it does. <laughs> but there are you know certainly shadows that remain, um, or more than shadows. But um, yeah, the caste system is a part of this. So so yeah, he's he's a Brahmin and and he's like a high ranking Brahmin. Brahmin being the highest, the highest level. And but Brahmins are the the uh, sort of spiritual leaders, the the learned. Um, the priests and the educated, teachers, yeah. yeah, the priests and the teachers, and so they're at the top, but they're not necessarily wealthy, right? They're they're uh, at the top of the respect of level. the respect ladder, yeah. And then directly below them are the merchant class, who tend to be wealthier, but maybe not as um, educated or spiritual. Correct. I mean, that's not their job. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what they're called, the merchants. Well, well, I mean, we can. the The other class that we're actually going to need, or cast, which is not a cast that we're going to need to know about for this particular show, are the Untouchables, the Harijans, the Outcasts, mm-hmm. or um, uh, Dalit. I think is the term used most commonly these yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, although in this show they um, they use the word pariah, which is actually a very insulting mm-hmm. word to use, it's but. Fun. But that's that's the word used in in the other very famous song from this. Oh, the bell opera. song. 
yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet, but as long as we were mentioning the caste system, knowledge of that is important for, um, is important for that song because mm -hmm. it's, well, well, we'll talk more about that later. But, okay, um, so what are we going to listen to next, Pat? Okay, so so we've introduced the English, and I'm just explaining why they're English. Um, because, you know, it's always fair game for the English to make fair of the Fr fun of the French and the French to make fun of the English. It's, that's it's just, kind of a law. That's kind of what, that's kind of what happens it's kind century of like, after century. It's kind of like Minnesotans making fun of Iowans and vice versa. I can't speak to that. <laughs> I can. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so they are, you know, being overwhelmed by this. Frederick is giving, trying to give them a, a tiny little bit of reality check. And also he, he has a little more knowledge and, and a little more sensitivity to it all. Um, but they, they are excited by the idea of this sensuous, beautiful woman, Lachme. Um, and, um, and then they, they sing a little bit about women are alike the world over. Um, and Frederick's like, no, two women are that are not the same the world over. And they they sing a little bit about that. So let's let's hear this. Calm femme et si jolie. When a woman is so beautiful. Track seven on Lacme by Leo Delib. You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. <laughs> Well, we're getting ready for a fateful action here, and um, Mrs. Benson 
finally talks them into all leaving after they've, you know, opined about how lush and sensual the Indians are compared to the English. Um, and you can tell it's a little bit envious that they appreciate they appreciate the the natural beauty and the willingness to embrace their um, enjoyment of life. How very un-English of the Indian people. Well, they, they, the, these English people aren't necessarily acting on it, and Mrs. Benson's all the time wanting to go. Right. So they finally do um, agree to Mrs. Benson's... Urgings. Urgings. And Let's go back to the castle, kids. Have a bit of tea, <laughs> perhaps a ginger biscuit. Well, um, before that all happens, though, Ellen Ellen sees a piece of jewelry ah, left yes. behind. A, Le beautiful, bijou. a beautiful necklace she sees. and Left um, behind by Lachmé. And she, she's like, Gerald, 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 I want something, I want something. Will you please? And you're thinking, oh, no, don't take she's it. She's going to steal the necklace. No, but she's she's not quite that grubby. She says, will you make a drawing of it? So that we can have one like it made, uh-huh. and I could wear it at our wedding. Ooh, Gerald. Hmm. And, yes. Ger- and Gerald does. He stays behind to sketch it. But now he's left alone in this fabulous place. Gerald is left alone with Lakshmi's necklace. Well, he is. He's. That's exactly what he's left alone with. And um, he uh, he goes to sketch it, and um, Frederick is not entirely convinced that this is a good idea, but he goes ahead and leaves with the ladies and with Mrs. Benson. And, oh, um, Frederick. And Frederick uh, will, uh, sorry, and Gerald will sing, oh, to take the design of this piece of jewelry, is it is it really such a serious thing? And I'll let you do the French. Prendre le dessin d'un bijou. That's all I got. Oh, est-ce que donc aussi grave? Is that so bad? So bad. This is so bad. And so this is Gerald in uh, Lachme by Leo Delib on today's episode of Opera for Everyone. And he's opining about if it's so bad for him to make a drawing of this necklace. Thank you. 
Well, that was lovely, wasn't it? Gerald. Gerald. He's, pretty, he's got a nice voice. Who is singing that? Gerald is uh, Jean. Oh, no, that was the right. Never mind. Okay, no problem. Well, let's just, uh, Gerald, this is sort of interesting. By the way, if you're just tuning in, this is uh, Lachme on Opera for Everyone, the uh, opera written by Leo Delib, first produced in 1883. 83. Oh, you've got it. Well done. I know. All right, I'm trying. So, so Gerald is is talking himself into the fact that uh, going ahead and taking a copy of, you know, making a sketch of this beautiful necklace or this jewelry left behind by Lachme, the daughter of the, the Brahmin priest, that it's not such a big deal. And, and during that aria, he's essentially talking himself into it being okay. And he's, but why do I feel this dread supernatural feeling thrilling my soul to its depths? And strange fancies revealing. So he's he's kind of caught up in the moment, the intoxication of the jasmine and the setting and the, the lush area. And by the way, it's worth noting that this um, this opera, and in fact all of the life of our composer Leo Delib, is during the Romantic period. Now the later Romantic period, granted, granted, but it is he is. Not everyone who's writing operas at this point is embracing romantic ideals, mm-hmm. but and, he is. And I and I know that when I ask this question, you're gonna be like, oh. 
So when we talk about the Romantic period, that's sort of 18... Um, the dates that I think probably work, I, I mean, it might be pushing it a little bit on the far end, 1815 mm-hmm. for sure, um, pushing up into the first decade of the 20th century, some say. And some will say, oh, no, it ends sooner because there are tons of examples of people who... who... It's shifting. Yeah. So and when we talk it's about a... a romantic ideal, what is... Is that just... It's it's a well I mean romanticism as you know in the early stages comes as a response reaction against um, the enlightenment thinking reason rationality oh and it's sort of embracing and giving um, importance to recognizing the importance right. of emotion that kind of yeah we're all human and that's part of our experience right and so it's um, we it's, can't all just be rational and think all the time because people are more than right. rationality. Mm-hmm. We're not machines. Um, no, we're not machines. Although, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for the Enlightenment. I'm actually kind of an Enlightenment fan. Our country is a product. Our Constitution in that period, our founding years are a product of the Enlightenment. So I right. I, I, have a lot of nice things to say about the Enlightenment. Um, that said, uh, Romanticism, certainly for arts, became very, very important in the early part of the 19th century. And it, it mm-hmm. continues on. So he's sort of hanging on to this. Uh, when he's doing... Lachme in the 1880s. He's he's holding he's celebrating on to, those ideals. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. holding on to this older way of thinking. Um, and there are people doing more experimental things, which aren't which aren't so romantic. But but I mean, you can just yeah. We we could have told this whole story, and you would know that that was what was so, going on. I and I know that I just I sound like such a like an NPR like public radio nerd, but I, it's so pretty. It's just so pretty. The yeah. music. Well, and he um, he. Daily specialized in pretty music. Most of his work was for, uh, oh, right, ballet. for ballet. Yeah. Um, in fact, Tchaikovsky, interestingly, who also did a lot of work for ballet, mm-hmm. we, you know, he's done operas as well, but Tchaikovsky said of Delib, uh reading about one of his, or sorry, having experienced one of the, the scores for his ballets, he's like, oh, this is so wonderful. It's amazing. If I'd, if I'd known that this was out there, I never would have even tried to write Swan Lake. Get out. That's a, that he says that is high praise coming from Tchaikovsky. It is high praise coming from Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky didn't like Brahms. I don't. I, I can't even say on the radio what Tchaikovsky said about Brahms. <laughs> well, you might be able to after 10 p.m. Well, let's just say he, he thought he was it a was no, not no, nice. no talent kind of guy. He was in good for nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's that's about as far as we can take that. But Tchaikovsky, isn't that interesting? I mean, who it knows? Is. It's he probably didn't really mean it because he was pretty proud of his work. But maybe he was just drunk when he said it. <laughs> I I have no evidence to support that we claim. Don't know. <laughs> okay, so what are we listening to now? We've got this is uh, the sort of the the Lachme has returned. She's looking at the flowers. Gerald is hiding from her. Because... Right. Right at the end, he's just said, oh, she's here. And he, he ducks into the bushes, basically. Because <laughs> that's not creepy. <laughs> he's he's infatuated by her. Very and much she's infatuated like, by her. She's just sort of hanging out, looking at the flowers on the bank of the river. And she's like, oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah, and she's just, she's kind of back where she was singing like in the flower duet she's enjoying the flowers and everything beautiful about this this sanctuary where they are right now mm-hmm. um and maybe we should we should listen to that a little bit yeah so this is Lac May singing les fleurs mes parasons i don't know but and then it ends the the flowers appear to me so beautiful 
on uh, Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. As you can probably guess right here, she's discovered Gerald hiding in the bushes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is their response. Let's listen. Who are you? What are you doing?
All right. Well, Lockman and Gerald, they've both fallen hard. She's, she's, yeah, she's into it. She was kind of freaked out because he was hiding in the bushes and thought, you know, he's loving Craven. But then he's like, <laughs> she's like, who are you? Where do you, where, what do you want? And he's like, I'm in love with you. Right. And, and Lockman's aware of the difficulties here. She's, she knows that, well, if he, if he were a kinsman, if he were a Hindu, this would be so much easier. Mm-hmm. And she knows that this is this is just trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Mm-hmm. It's all going to end in tears. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> she doesn't quite know how bad it's going to be. But um, it's going to end in tears. And she's... She's... She's fallen. And he's... he's he, he fell for her before he even saw her. He was intoxicated by the jasmine and everything else. So let's listen to a little bit more to the two of them. Thank you. 
Welcome to Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And you're listening to the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone. This is Lock May by Leo Delib. And yeah. what's happening, Pat? Well, this is the entracte, uh, the beginning of the second act. But we should mention what just happened at the end of the first act. Yes. Besides having our two lovers, Gerald and Lachme, fall desperately in love, the Englishman with the um, lovely Brahmin princess. Yes. Besides having all of that, um, right at the end, if you remember hearing just a moment ago, it got very, very serious. And can you guess what happened when it got really serious? Her father found them. Yeah, his father. Wa- her father walks in with his servant. And he's like, what is going on here, daughter? And they can see where the, the wall surrounding the temple has been trampled, which is where our little... Miss guy- Ellen and Miss Rose and Frederick and Gerald. And begrudgingly, Mrs. Benson. Mrs. Benson. <laughs> or Mrs. Benson. She just wants to have tea. She doesn't really she's not real into this whole India thing <laughs> at any rate so they come in and um Nilakantha is is imposing and terrifying and he swears vengeance on this Englishman for um defiling his daughter as he sees it so it's pretty serious and he's a he's a respect a very highly respected Brahmin priest yes and so he is super not into her being with the Brit yeah. No, no, not at all. And, and obviously people he was with who weren't respectful of their temple. Mm-hmm. But what we're listening to now is a little more cheerful. Yes. We're in the marketplace now. And uh, everyone is is out. They're selling their wares. They've got all kinds of interests, luscious cakes. And um, they've got just gorgeous plants and honeycombs and all kinds of beautiful clothing to sell. And again, we we just have this lush, overwhelming visual and everyone's in the marketplace so again we're we're setting the scene in india mm-hmm. but it's not the same as as the temple that we set the first act with because we're in a place of commerce now we, not a place of exactly of the gods exactly and we do we have um our it's it's the chorus and all these different um vendors and things and then we have our our english people Mrs. Benson. Mrs. Benson, in fact, is there, and she's she's not having a great time. <laughs> Mrs. Benson is is kind of curious, but you know, it's a little overwhelming for Mrs. Benson. Yeah, you know what? If I was a me- mezzo soprano, mm-hmm. I would play Mrs. Benson. Really, I've decided that because uh, she just seems funny. <laughs> she seems like a funny character. I like her. I'm sadly I'm not a mezzo soprano. Well, um, that is sad, but yeah. Wouldn't it be great? A girl can dream. Right. <laughs> I do have an opera helmet. <laughs> See, that's step one, isn't it? It's, that's what they say. <laughs> Get the helmet and then work on the voice. <laughs> but anyway, she's she's Ms. Benson's overwhelmed. I mean, you can just you could probably make up her lines right now. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. like, oh, it's so hot. I would just like to be back at the palace sipping tea. It's a tremendous racket. Mm-hmm. A tremendous racket. But... Um, but it's a tremendous racket. And they say, Allons, avant que me disson. Yes, that's, well, that's what, exactly, that's what's happening in the marketplace at this point. Um, and so that all goes on. And in fact, there's even this lovely, lovely, uh, we won't listen to all of it because it's it's long and there are no words, but there's a ballet that happens in the middle of all the marketplace. The dance. Right. 
And in this dance, because no Bollywood um, production is is complete without several dance scenes, so this sets it fits in perfectly. It it, it is it and and it's back to back to back, and it's it's dances representing different areas of Asia. Um, so you get different styles of dance, which is kind of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. All, all over Asia, not just India. Yeah. No, it's it's I'm in. Related, not not all, you know, it's right. not going as far as Japan or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's it's fascinating that they, they do all that. And um, we... I wonder if they do the... Um, what's the traditional Indian dance? The Bhartanatyam. Oh, you're way ahead of me. I can I can picture one in my head, but I can't necessarily... Name it. Yeah. Okay. I can't, I can't and name it in any way. <clears throat> it's where they have the bells on their hand on their ankles and they do all the. That's super fun, actually. <laughs> that is super super fun. Well, the they they are all sort of enjoying this. Mrs. Benson less so, but she's putting up with it because that's what Mrs. Benson does. Well, there she can probably get a cake at the market, can't she? She likes cake. <laughs> I'm sure she loves cake. It's it's what you want or biscuits anyway with your tea. Um, but, you know, again, they, they reflect on the beautiful Brahmin's daughter, and they're kind of intrigued by her. But um, they are not aware at this point, the rest of the English folk, are not aware of Gerald's experiences. Um, he's not with them right now. Oh, right. They don't know that they that he met her, that they sort of fell in love, and that her dad is now, like, on the warpath for him, probably. It, exactly. The, the English people are not aware, you know, aside from Gerald, who is aware, but... Um, um, but anyway, they're they're not aware of it. And um, we get to the point where all of this ends, or you know the 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 interest, the market closes. and uh, Frederick mentions, oh, our regiment is is going to be departing soon. And so they're all kind of stealing themselves for that because uh, they're gonna have to go fight stuff. Well, they're soldiers in India. Yeah, of course they they have they have to patrol. They have to keep they have to keep the they have to they keep, have to keep the their, local people subdued. Right. They have to keep their control over the yeah for the Raj. Yeah, that's that's why they're there. Uh. Yep. Um, and so uh, we have the English people depart, and the scene is now taken over by Lachme and Nilakantha. And he's like, daughter. Yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta listen. Yeah, and 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 he asks her, Lachme, what, why, why do you look so sad or clouded? Mm. Why, why is that? And let's listen to him sing when he asks her this question. Do you want to do the French? Lachme, ton regarde ce voile. Oh, well done. Well what done. does it mean, Pat? Lachme, ton It's like ton is like sad. My God, you look so sad. Why do you look no, so no, sad? No, no, no. Why? Why are your soft or or normally sweet looks? Oh, du is right. Doucement is like a soft. Yes. Your lovely soft face is covered. Yes, exactly. And why is it? Yeah. What's the shadow that's come upon your face? I mean, it's hard not to be sort of poetic when you try to translate it. But I mean, I have one translation here which says, "Lachme, thy soft looks are or clouded." Are or. Well, that's over. which is old English for over. Well, it's yeah. There's a there's a, an apostrophe where the V is removed. Right. It's... Those Brits. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to that song. 
Well, Nilakanta. Nilakanta. He's um, concerned about his daughter, and he's he... saying, "Why is your face so sad, my dear?" And she does answer him. It's because grief has touched my heart. She's desperately sad about all that has happened, and um, and she knows. She, I mean, she just she knows it's not going to work out well because he's English and. There's a very strong tradition of remaining within your caste, much less uh, going outside of your nationality. Yeah. Although you could argue going outside your nationality is not quite as bad as um, going way below your caste. Oh, really? So they would prefer, I suppose, the ca- if it was a very, very different caste. Well, I mean, in fact, we haven't gotten to this yet, but it, it fits in in the discussion now. Uh, at one point, she says, well, if you would just become a Hindu, all this would be solved. Can they do that? Oh, yeah. You can convert. You can convert to Hinduism? Really? I mean, they don't. It's not, you know. It's necessary. not like converting to Christianity or Judaism. There's not like classes and stuff. But well, I could, maybe there are. I don't know. I, well, I mean, there are religions which are more missionary than others in terms of seeking converts. I don't know that they were seeking converts, but um, she says, I mean, it may not be true. Nilakantha might not agree. Right. <laughs> but Lakme says, if you would convert to Hinduism, she says this later, you know, oh. all our problems would be fine. I think uh, the truth is there are there are other problems besides his Clearly. religion right. and his heritage. But... Um, so Nilakantha has said, my dear daughter, why are you so sad? 
And she says, "Grief has touched my heart." Um, and she and she sings, and her her sweet singing of this grief is so profound that the crowd starts to gather around her. Um, and Nilakantha says to the crowd, "Well, it, the gods are inspiring her voice. Um, this child, she's going to sing for you now, and she's going to tell you a legend, a very famous." important legend really i didn't realize this is it was a legend yes yeah well that's what this entire song is it's the song better known as or the aria better known as the bell song the bell song which which by the way is a go-to aria for a certain kind of soprano for sopranos the color the colorata coloratura soprano yeah Yeah. it's a type of operatic soprano voice that specializes in in music that is distinguished by agile runs, leaps, and trills. So you can listen for those agile runs, leaps, and trills when you listen to the bell song here. But but yeah, so her father is saying, yes, please, please sing this. And she'll sing this song, um, which is a story. It's, it's about this, uh, the young Hindu woman. Mm-hmm. The who, Hindu maiden. The Hindu maiden, child of a pariah. And you remember that that's... That's those are the untouchable cast, the outcast, the Dalits. And so it's a story. Here she is, the daughter of this Brahmin priest, the highest ranking, singing about a daughter of the lowest rank and the troubles of her life. Um, she's pushed around the child of outcasts. She dreams of sweet things and she goes without noise and laughs at night, but she's lost. Um, and she says, and then he, she finds a a traveler eyes shining in the darkness. He wonders, wanders randomly, aimless and lost the wild beasts roar of joy. They will pounce on their prey. The girl runs to him Mm. Ah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and braves their fury. She has in her hand the baton. With Tinkle Bell charms, the stranger looks at her and remains dazzled. She is more beautiful than, than the Rajas. He will bluff, blush if he knows he must owe his life to the daughter of the outcasts. And up in the sky, they are transported. This stranger and the really? daughter of the outcasts. The traveler tells her, your place is here. And the traveler, in fact, was Vishnu. Aha. From that day on, in the depths of the dark forest, a traveler may sometimes hear the slight noise of the baton. The tinkle bells. With tinkle bell charms. Ooh. And so she sings this song, and um, kind of in the back of the scene, Gerald and Frederick appear, and, and Nilakantha like, senses them. He doesn't see them, but he has he knows they're there. Yeah, and, and he, he says... Go ahead and sing some more. Knowing that her beautiful voice will lure out this intruder Mm. against whom he has sworn vengeance. And sing it again. And she's she's not wanting to do it anymore. I think she's I think she's caught a glimpse of him. And and her father is insisting that she keeps singing, insisting, insisting. And um, you know, sing again, sing again. And so she does sing it, but it's it's not quite as uninterrupted Mm -hmm. it's not quite as lyrical as before 
Um, and uh, and even the chorus notices, you know, why why is she acting like something's really shaken her up? Why has that happened? She's trying very, very hard to keep it all together, keep it under control. Um, and uh, and Gerald looks up and he says to his buddy Frederick, oh, there she is. That's the Brahmin's daughter. She's the one I was telling you about. <laughs> it's true. And Frederick, <laughs> what does Frederick want to caution him? He's like, like dude. Don't go there. Exactly. This is a bad idea. Be careful, my friend. <laughs> and he's like, let me see her. <laughs> and Frederick says, oh, we're summoned. Because they have, they they hear in the... Uh, the, the Mrs. And, Benson? No, no. Fife and drums. They, they're being called oh, to military service. Oh, right, service. right, right, right. And, <laughs> it's not Mrs. Benson. Like, you, Frederick, <laughs> tea's ready. <laughs> Lovely. Mm -hmm. Ginger biscuits, ginger nuts. No, it's the military calling them. A little uh, bit different than gender nuts. And, and Frederick says, we're summoned. And Gerald's like, no, we have to stay. And Frederick's like, buddy, has this girl bound you to this place? Yeah, like you're mental. Come on, let's go. Yeah, and Gerald's like, no, 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 no. And they go together. So let's, let's listen to that much. Um, so this is Lachme singing Où va le jour better known as the bell song one of the most famous uh, arias from the opera Lachme by Leo Delib on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Je vous fais 
Wow. The Bell Song from La Camée, Leo de Lieb's opera. I'm sorry, but that's pretty impressive. Uh, well, you can understand why it becomes a go-to song for a soprano of a certain voice. I mean... If you can pull that off... Jeepers crepes. Yeah, yeah. If you can pull that off, you've you've done something impressive. Well, and the thing, like we were talking about earlier, like I have a, I, I really have like a visceral reaction to those thin sopranos that are just kind of screechy. But this, it's so rich. And I mean, that was how I got into opera is like, it's amazing to me that the human body can make those sounds. And that is it, just it's vocal ama- well, gymnastics. It's, it's impressive. It's a lot of training and a lot of talent, both combined. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty lovely, um, and that that is that is the other song that you find all over the place mm-hmm. if you start looking into this opera. Mm-hmm. Um, the flower duet and the bell song are the two that pop up. Um, in fact, one of the things that I stumbled over in my in my looking for this was um, there's a very moving scene from the miniseries Mildred Pierce, the one with Kate Winslet. Oh yeah, and the daughter who becomes the opera singer. And she listens to this. And this is, this is now in the film version, years ago with Joan Crawford, it was a different piece. But in this, um, in this version, in this miniseries that they did, this was the song, uh, this was one of the big songs that the they song. chose. Because, because it, it, it shows off a talented soprano's abilities in such a mm-hmm. lovely way. A powerful way as well, I think. Mm-hmm. And I should just note that in this recording, uh, the version... And that we're listening to today, Lachme is played by Dame Joan Sutherland, who is an Australian dramatic coloratura soprano noted for her contribution to the renaissance of the bel canto repertoire from the late 1950s through the 1980s. And I don't know anything about opera, but I see her name all the time. So she, yeah, she's, she's one of the big names yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you can tell from listening yeah. as Lovely. we do that yeah. it's, it's, she's Exquisite. Mm-hmm. Exquisite. Um, all right. Shall we get back to our story? Let's get back to I digress, Pat. Sorry. Well, you know, the song is just, it's one of those things where they have an opportunity or the, you know, the people putting together the show, um, Dilip has an opportunity to put in a beautiful song. And because it's a, it's not a song that's about the action of the story. It's a song that she just sings. And it reflects, don't get me wrong, it's certainly, we read the lyrics earlier, it does reflect the action of the story, but it, it can be this... doesn't move the plot along necessarily. It can be this standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it can reflect some of the ideas of the plot, but it's not pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, that is all done, and um, ultimately, uh, Frederick convinces Gerald to leave with him because they have their duty and mm-hmm. and by the way, both of our characters here are are torn between their obligations, their duty, and Love. their passions. Right? The soldiers have their their requirements, their duties, and mm-hmm. she, as the Brahmin princess, has hers. Um, and we can all see where this is going, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the passion is going to be a little too hard to resist. Um, but. Um, they have left, and Nilakantha's like, all right, I'm going to go get this guy. I'm going to go get this guy and take care of this problem. And he turns to his servant, Haji, and, and he tells him, you stay with my daughter, protect mm-hmm. her, watch over her. And uh, Haji sings, um, basically, the master 
has nothing but vengeance in his heart. Um, and, you know, he's feeling sympathy for Lachme. He says, you know, he didn't see your, your bitter tears, mistress. Um, but he says, I can see them. And so he's offering a little sympathy and compassion to her in this time where she's just completely distraught. Um, but Gerald comes back on the scene. And Lachme's going to sing, or she's going to sing to Lachme, 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 you're here. I'm coming to you now as if in a dream. And um, and he looks upward and, and he says, oh, your idol does reign. Because he understands, you know, he's in someone else's culture. He's in someone else's place. He understands to a degree, not probably as well as Frederick, but he does understand. But he's just overwhelmed with, with passion and love for her. And, and she looks at him and she says, sadly, she goes, but my heaven, it's not your heaven. The God that protects me is not the God that you know. If only I could bring, bring you in, then you would be safe. No snares would trap you. But we're my God, your God also. So that's what we were talking about mm-hmm. before, where she believes if he converts and he becomes a Hindu, mm-hmm. he'll be safe. It's so interesting. I mean, this is, so 1883. Yes. I mean. We we still deal with the same issues today. I was going to say, like well, I'm like, not, why are you some, pointing out the year? I'm not sure that the year matters tremendously. Some things never change, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like the, 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 you know, people fall in love and it's not always along the lines that our families would prefer. Well, I mean, and, and Gerald's not. Like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, I'll become a Hindu. That's that's maybe going too far for him, too. So he's not completely on board with that either. Mm-hmm. He's entranced He's like, I mean, her. girl, I like you. Yeah. You're pretty. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. There's this huge passion, but they both have a sense of, of where they fit in the world, and they're not necessarily willing to break loose from mm-hmm. that, either of them. I mean, she's in her own territory, surrounded with her father and all these people, but... So let's let's hear that song. Um, Lakme, Lakme, it is you. Lakme, Lakme, c'est toi. This is Gerald singing to his new love, Lakme, on the opera Lakme by Leo Delib on 89.1 KHOL. Oh! 
what you think about that? They're kind of in love, don't you think? Sounds like it. Yeah, they definitely are. <laughs> well, life goes on, and um, they've they've sung their love to one another, but I'd love to listen to this next song, which is um, a choir of the Brahmins, and they are singing praises to Dorga. Remember we spoke about Dorga earlier he in the program? Is, Dorga is... Um, she? She is an incarnation of Shiva, the destroyer. She is an incarnation of Parvati, the wife of Shiva. Ah. And she is a warrior goddess. Is um, Shiva a warrior? Yes. I mean, he's, he's yes, the, the, the destroyer. I mean, Shiva's life, the destroyer, right? Life, okay. I mean, and destroyer sounds so negative, but, you know, it's all part of life. You have yeah, to create, the you have to protect, you, you, things are destroyed. You know, they have to, mm-hmm. you know, the leaves have to fall and die before they can bud right. again. Kind of That's like a, the, the regenerative power of fire. Lovely, lovely. All right, so let's listen to the um, the Brahmins think okay. about their devotion to Durga. Let's listen, and they'll they'll mention the Ganges, and the, it's about their their devotion and their faith. Interesting. Okay, so this is O Durga Twaka Twa Ki Rene, which is I don't really know what that means, Pat, but my French um, is a little rusty. A Durga Durga Bright. Born anew. So this is the chorus of Brahmins in Lakmay from Leo Talivan, Opera for Everyone on 891 KHL. That was Ellen coming in there because Ellen has uh, arrived along with Rose and Mrs. Benson and Frederick. Um, and, and she's just like, 
my goodness, these people are noisy. How do we escape <laughs> all this racket? Is that Mrs. Benson saying that, that no, they're noisy? No, that's actually Ellen. What? The one, the one who's engaged to Gerald, the one who wanted the uh, the sketches of the oh yeah, the jewelry. For, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor she, Ellen. She's she might regret that request of Gerald, but right too late now. Um, yeah, so they come in. We've got um, all of these characters there. We've got the Brahmins, and we've got Ellen and Rose, Mrs. Benson, Frederick, Gerald. And Gerald is just like, oh, this is so fun. And Ger- and Frederick turns to Gerald and he says, uh, my friend, have you been not spending time with us because you keep admiring this new goddess of yours? He's kind of got Gerald's number. Frederick Frederick has figured out what's going on. Mm. And Frederick, uh, Gerald just gets so excited. And he says, well, it's it's a dream. It's a it's a fleeting vision. He says, I, my heart, my heart is so full, and yet I have a dread feeling that's paining my heart. Only Lachme rules my soul. So he's just, he's just gone. He's, yeah, he's got, he's in deep. He's got it bad. But wait, I'm confused, Pat, because do they have to, they have not yet gone away to. No, 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 they, they, they need to leave, but you know, they're, they've got a few minutes. They're hanging out. <laughs> They've, they've got a, yes, they are supposed to leave. The duty is impending. Calling. It's impending, but it hasn't yet, you know, the, the moment for departure has right, not okay. yet has not yet happened. But they but there there is sort of everyone. And when you get everyone together, that includes Nilakantha, right. Lakme's father. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of all this, while and again, it's one of these big scenes at the end of the act with everyone singing and the the Brahmin chorus continues their worship of Durga, and um, the English are are sort of going, "Wow, they're so noisy!" But look at their idols; that's fascinating. We we need to be a little careful, but wow, that's uh, what hmm. this is kind of a party. Um, There's a little bit of a party going in on in the midst of all of this, all of this activity. Um, Nilakantha recognizes Gerald, mm-hmm. and we remember what. Nilakantha has sworn to do revenge revenge on Gerald and um Gerald sees Lakme and he moves towards her because he can't help it she's magnetic to him and Nilakantha follows him follows Gerald and when Gerald gets near to Lakme any guesses he goes to kiss her Nilakantha stabs Gerald Get out. With a knife. Really? He's a priest. Hmm. He's a father who's sworn vengeance. I guess. So he stabs Gerald. Well, that doesn't seem very nice. And then he flees. Because after all, it's not such a fabulous idea from point of, you know, just hanging around to stab a British soldier. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So, so Nilakantha flees after he sees Gerald fall. And Lakme um, screams, Haji, remember this tender-hearted... Haji, yep. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, they, this tender-hearted servant, and, and she says, Haji, they've killed him. They've killed him. And she runs over to him, and she looks at him, and suddenly her face brightens. Like, it's... They haven't killed him. He's, he's still alive. My father hasn't killed him. He's, he's bleeding. He's hurt. But he's not dead. And that ends the act. Oh, it's a cliffhanger. Well, you know, intermission, 
go get yourself a chocolate or something to mm-hmm. get you through mm-hmm. act three, which is shorter than the other two acts. But act three is going to um, is going to open in an Indian forest. And in this Indian forest, we see Lachme and Gerald. And she's nursing him back to health. Really? Like they went to live in the forest, like forest people? Like, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Which which isn't as odd as it sounds because, after all, they're Brahmins, and sometimes the retreats in the forest are the places of most most spiritual reflection and intensity. So being in the forest is, wouldn't it? I mean, it might kind of normal for her. Well, I don't know how normal, but it's it's not it it's not shocking in any way. Um, and in fact, I think we should listen to her singing about this life in the forest, neath the dome of the moon and the star. And it's a lovely aria sung by Lachme. Sous le ciel tout étoile, beneath all the stars in the sky. And this is. Dame Joan Sutherland singing on Leo Delib's Lachme on Opera for Everyone. Everyone. One, one, one. one. <laughs>
Well, that was our title character, Lachme. She's such a beautiful voice. I mean, even that, which would normally I would be like cringing to hear that final note. Oh, it's beautiful. It's lovely. It's beautiful. So she's she's happily taking care of her wounded soldier, her wounded warrior. Yeah, and and well, he wasn't actually acting the warrior when he was wounded, but uh, but the one she is quite sweet on, and uh, you know he's been sleeping through all this because he's after all he's been stabbed. He's gotten stabbed. He's been stabbed, and um, and he he wakens and he's sort of trying to figure out what's going on and. And Lachme comes to him, and she reassures him, and says, "I've I'm here to I'm here to help you. I'm I'm gonna nurse you back to health." And she gives credit to Haji, uh, who helped carry him, the two of them, into this uh, sort of secret place in the uh, in, in the forest. In the forest, right? And um, and she says, "I because of my caste and my upbringing, I I know how to heal people." So. That's why she smiled at the end when she saw he was stabbed, but not dead. Um, and and it's all coming back to Gerald, and he's so excited, and he's completely in the moment. Um, and she sings, I, I will stay by you. I will stay by you, and we shall just live here forever. And it's all kind of a dream and a little... A little unreal to him and but he's going with it he's not fighting the dream at all well, like I said, he's probably also kind of goofy because he got stabbed well that that probably is true that probably is true so they're they're just having a lovely time being together hanging but, out in the forest but, like hobbits <laughs> well he's he's recuperating she's there and um and and they go wait i i hear footsteps who and he, is it any guesses Frodo? <laughs> Robin Hood? Begins with an F. Little John. <laughs> Frederick. Frederick, his buddy Frederick, the sensible one. How did Frederick find him? Um GPS. Frederick is Frederick is a clever one. He's That's true. he's aware of things that are going on. Frederick finds him and he's like, You're alive, buddy. You are alive. It's like I forced my way through these bushes and it wasn't easy. They scratched me, they cut me up. It wasn't but here you are, and I I followed your traces of blood. Ew. So he, he tracked him. That's Ew. how Frederick found him. Yeah. Frederick's a, clever. Frederick's Frederick's alert. He's on it. Um and he says, why are you here? And Gerald says, I was dreaming. Frederick's like, the land is rising in revolt against us, us meaning the English. Oh. So there's a little unrest. Remember, so they, like, they are occupiers. They are colonizers. Yeah, Nilakantha is like, stay away from my daughter, you Englishman. I'm going to stab you. And, and then he like flees. But then everybody else is like, wait a minute. We can revolt. And 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 Gerald says, a dagger was thrust into me. I nearly died, but but she saved me. And he, Frederick, at this point, turns and looks at Lachme and says, "The daughter of the Brahmin." And Gerald's like, "Yeah, yeah." And my heart is awakened now. <laughs> she is my heart. She is my love. And Frederick's like, "The dad stabbed you, man. You have lost your mind. Um, it's it's you can't." You can't go on this way. You absolutely can go on this way. But Gerald says, but but I love her. And Frederick goes, um, you know you're engaged, right? There's this other woman 
who thinks you're going to marry her. Mm-hmm. So he's a little bit of a reality check there. And and Gerald says, I, I'm just, I'm in the power of this power of love. And Frederick, again, right spot on, <laughs> says, but what about your duty? And Gerald says, my duty? And he says, yes, your duty is a soldier. What about your duty? We have to go fight tomorrow. He's like, I'm just going to hang out here in the woods. And Gerald says, tomorrow? Really? Tomorrow? And he's like, we march off in an hour, my friend. And Gerald takes a deep breath and he remembers. He kind of comes back to his senses and he goes, okay, I will go. You're right. My duty. You can count on me. Duty is real. Duty matters. <laughs> I'm sorry. You keep saying duty and I can't help. I just like, I'm like, duty. <laughs> duty. Sorry. I can't help it. You remind me of my former ninth grade students who would do the same thing. I am like the, yes. Yes. It is true. I have the mentality of like a 14 year old. Well, maybe I need to pronounce my T's more clearly. Duty. Duty. Doing your duty, darling. Yes. And Instead, so, we're talking about duty. And so, <laughs> sorry. Okay. I'm trying to ignore you. But I it's know. Hard. Sorry. Okay. So, so Lachme returns Lachme after these returns. two. And she has brought um, some sacred water with her. Mm. And because is that this code is, for like gin? No, it is water, which is sacred. It's not code for She's anything else. She's like a patchouli tea, darling. Mm. Well, no, this is Lachme. You're not going to get scurvy. This is not Mrs. Benson. <laughs> right. She's she's brought him this water and and uh, because if they both consume the sacred water in the then they'll in be the married, they will be pledged to each other exactly. Mm. Um, and so um, she brings this and she's so excited as she's coming in. She sings this lovely song um, about uh, as they went two by two, and she's she's just in happy happiness. Whereas Gerald has been shaken mm-hmm. free. Let's listen to a little bit Love of this song. Love is madness. Here's Lacme singing Ils allons deux à deux as they went two by two in Lacme by Leo Delib, an opera for everyone. Right, so she thinks everything's going well, Lachme. And then she looks at Gerald in the face and she says, It's not you. You look you look weird. You look weird. What's changed? And 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 he tries to Gerald's like, nothing, I'm good. He tries to be nice and he says, but he says, I I love you. I love you, and I long to to see you loving me. But I got to do my duty. And and he doesn't quite get that out, but we hear the sound of the soldiers in the distance, that fife and drums. Mm. And, and he goes, our troops. And she, she holds up this sacred water and he says, drink. She says, drink this and pledge our eternal love. She's like, lock me. Gerald says, lock me. And she is so upset. She says, you dare not drink? What's going on with you? And she kind of, it all, like, you can see it all pass through her head. And she says, she knows. all is over now. 
It's all over. It sucks. Yeah. It's not going to work out. I love you. I'm ready to pledge my eternal love where we're going to drink the sacred water together to seal the deal. Um, and some drums in the distance have, you know, caused you to change your mind. And so he's listening to her and she picks a flower. The Datura flower. Yeah. You remember Frederick mentioning those before? Yes. Also known as the devil's trumpet. So the Datura flower is a, a unique sort of flower because... It's poisonous. It's deadly poisonous. And she picks the flower and she sips the juice. What have you done, Lachme? Gerald says. And uh, she's now she's singing her death song. <laughs> to me, the fairest dream you have given. And she will, she will die. And Nilakantha, while she's in the process of singing this final song... Nilakantha comes in and says, there he is, there he is. But he suddenly takes stock of the situation. And Gerald drinks from the sacred water and he pledges himself to her. I mean, fat lot of good it does now. She's dying. Um, but, but she tells her father, we've drunk from the cup, the cup that is sacred. You've got to respect this father because this is what you believe in. And she is in the process of dying and, and Nilakantha has to accept this man as his son. And that's where we're going to leave. Lock May. <laughs> <laughs>